0: When you talk about reimagining police response, this is really impactful for not only police public safety, but the community.
1: It's time to rethink everything, to redo the rule book, to explore smarter ways to work and rediscover what's possible. It's time for a fresh take on how technology and creativity are changing the way work gets done. I'm Susan Campbell, and this is The Big Rethink. Drone technology is used in multiple scenarios, but have you thought about how drones are transforming public safety and emergency response times? The Chula Vista, California Police Department has created a drone program that is evolving its opportunity to serve and protect from heights never imagined. Equipped with high technology cameras and sensors, Drones are often first on the scene, providing critical and timely information to first responders and making search and rescue missions safer and more efficient. In today's episode of The Big Rethink, we speak with retired Captain Don Redman of the Chula Vista Police Department and how they are adopting drone technology to capture a bird's eye view that has enhanced public safety effectiveness. Welcome to the show.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: This is such a great topic. I'm so excited to dive into this. So you're a retired police captain. Congratulations on your retirement.
0: Thank you, yeah, I retired last year. I'm currently the VP of Advanced Projects for Public Safety at Brink Drones.
1: That's so cool, so no golf? You didn't decide to like, you know, throw in the towel and live the life of leisure, huh? No,
0: this was a great opportunity for me to stay involved with public safety.
1: Wow, that's so exciting. So I guess you started on the inside and now you're supporting that same mission from the outside. Talk to us about how you got started in police career in law enforcement first.
0: Yeah. So retired last year, was with the Chula Vista Police Department for almost 26 years, retired as the police captain. During that time, pretty much did the whole gamut of, of assignments. Did SWAT when I was promoted to lieutenant, started overseeing our dispatch technology, all of the, the things that the managers do. And one day, my police captain said, "Hey, hey, Don, I'd like you to take over our drone program." And I just said, like that. Just That's like that. That's how I got into it. And I said no. <laughs> and he, he talked me into it. She was very, very <laughs> persuasive. And so, at the time, to give you a little bit of perspective, in 2018, there was what's called the integration pilot program from the FAA. So, what happened was uh, there was a presidential directive directing the FAA to figure out a way to integrate drones into the public airspace. So the FAA said, "Okay, we'll create this program and we'll select 10 cities throughout the country to figure out ways, innovative ways to introduce drones." And at the time, we were like any other police agency, kind of looking at drones, how do we how do we use drones, right? And this was actually as early as 2016, so it was it, it was a while ago and one of our lieutenants reached out to a small startup company that was testing some technology where they were live streaming drone videos but also geofencing and launching drones via a computer so this was an interesting case and so we partnered with them and the city of San Diego was selected to be one of the 10 cities in the IPP and we were part of the San Diego IPP team and we were the only police agency in the entire country to be a member of this IPP. So it really vaulted us to the head of drone usage for public safety.
1: So were you excited about the opportunity at that point?
0: So, you know, (laughs) I
1: wasn't first having said
0: no, right? So I wasn't, we we started in October of 2018, launching a drone from the rooftop of our police department. And that, and our, what we said is, so looking at traditional drone usage for public safety, typically what happens is 99% of police agencies that use drones, they'll have a drone in a trunk, right? So the police officer arrives on scene, maybe there's a burglary alarm going off on a uh, you know in the middle of a night of business so they'll take the drone out they'll launch the drone check the rooftop to make sure they didn't make entry or maybe it was a foot pursuit and now they want to use a drone to check the area to to find this person we said well that's really reactive we want to be able to launch a drone as soon as we get an emergency call a 911 call we wanna be able to launch a drone immediately and be overhead within two to three minutes. So now we're live streaming that information directly to officers in the field so they can see exactly what's happening before they ever get there. Wow. So that's what is known now as drone as a first responder.
1: Okay.
0: So we started in 2016, 2018, October 2018, launching from one launch location. Ultimately, today, Chula Vista is now launching citywide. There's four launch locations that cover all of the city, seven days a week, 10 hours a day, and they're responding to, to calls for service. So anytime a 911 call comes up and they feel like a drone it could be be useful in this, they'll immediately launch and get overhead and live stream that, that information back to the first responders. Wow. So it's kind of this idea of, you know, we've heard the national message that police departments need to do things differently, need to rethink police response and being able to launch a drone, get overhead live stream that video. So there's videos out there right now from Chula Vista. There's a number of other agencies do it, Santa Monica, Beverly Hills, Brookhaven, Georgia that are doing DFR and they have videos that show, Santa Monica just released their videos where some kids, some teenagers were passing around a handgun and the drone gets overhead and sure enough, there's five juveniles sitting there and you see a couple of handguns being passed around amongst them. But the, the teleoperator can see, the teleoperator, I'm sorry, is the drone pilot, right. can see one of them manipulating this gun. And he said, I believe it's an airsoft. It's a it's a BB gun. Okay. It's not a real gun. Right. And he actually puts that out over the air. It really changed the, the response. response. Sure. The officers did contact the juveniles. It, they were airsoft guns. They weren't real. But you can see where they could have ended differently had they not had that information chula vista also has shown a couple of videos one where the very one of our early successes was in 2019 where a call came out of a of an individual sitting at a taco shop with a gun that maybe a lighter but he was waving it around sure enough the drone gets overhead and the officer stayed out of the area but you see this person holding this gun in his hand but then you see him put a cigarette to his mouth and he lights the cigarette with this gun and immediately recognize that it's right. not a gun it's a lighter so you can kind of see how this changes right. the, the response
1: so you mentioned there's four stations where they take off from yes and there's multiple drones in those locations or yeah, so, four basic
0: so it's really challenging with current FAA regulations and technology so because of the regulations and technology you have a number of components for DFR. A drone is a first responder, first and foremost, you have a trained pilot officer who's in the police department who's monitoring incoming 911 calls, you know, radio traffic, okay. and he determines, he or she determines whether or not a drone's gonna be used. If he determines that a drone could be used for this 911 call, he determines which launch location is the closest Got it. and each launch location is on a building at the top of the building because we have to have a person standing on the building to have clear airspace awareness to make sure that when you launch the drone that it's safe to do so because if you're sitting here at your computer you don't know if there's something flying over overhead so as soon as he confirms that it's safe to launch then he via his computer can launch the drone and fly it out to three miles and handle the situation but for safety purposes, that person on the rooftop also has a controller that, if there's a hazard or something, they can take control of that drone to avoid any hazards. Okay. And then, additionally, all of the officers are trained to be what's called visual observers, so that they're monitoring the airspace to ensure that if there is something that comes into the, into the airspace, that they can, you know, take appropriate action to avoid any any incident that might happen.
1: Got it okay so that you, you talked about moving from reactive to proactive the 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 amount of distance you've gone downstream from having an officer arrive launch it from their trunk versus call comes in launch the drone i mean that's just got to be a game changer yeah. right there
0: so one thing that chula vista did that that i'm very proud of and and i i i really chief roxana kennedy at chula vista was really forward thinking and and how to do this program is was very transparent and and that's what we say along is to to any agency that's doing a drone program you have to be transparent with your community to make sure that they're aware that that we're launching and we like to tell people that we had a drone program for about a year before we ever bought a drone because in that time we were we had listening sessions we you know we had public comments we you know made sure that we had strong policies in place but additionally, if you Google Chula Vista Police Department drone, there's a, their web page on there has a dashboard that shows all of the flights. Also, you can click that if you saw a drone in the air yesterday, you can go and see why that drone was in the air, what the call that it was responding to, wow. and you know, the time and, and the path that it took for, for public transparency. But additionally, what we really found out was 25% of the time that we launched the drone, we don't have to send ground units. Oh, wow. So when you talk about police agencies being understaffed, the idea that, hey, a call comes in and a perfect example. We had a, a 911 call of two subjects fighting in a liquor store parking lot. The, the clerk says, hey, I got two guys fighting. Okay. We didn't have any officers available. It's it's you know, it's unfortunately it's just kind of the times that we live in. But he launched the drone immediately, got overhead within a few minutes. And he's looking in the parking lot. He doesn't see any, anybody. So he picks up the phone and he calls the clerk and he says, Hey, this is, you know, Chula police department. I'm a drone operator overhead. Where's the fight? And he tells the story that the clerk walks out, he looks up, he waves to the drone. He goes, Oh, they, they left, you know, they left a couple of minutes ago. I think everything is okay. And he goes, okay, great. Well, let us know if there's anything else you need. Wow. Okay. And he waves to the drone and the drone went back. This is one of those situations that it would have taken two officers to respond. The clerk on the other hand, you know, if it was an hour later that we responded, what is he thinking? Okay, we right. didn't take it, you know, serious. Right. right. You call 911, I, you don't even respond. But right. now that positive interaction of that we were overhead immediately wow. to to, you know, handle the situation if it if it needed to be handled in a different yeah. in a different way. So having that Force multiplier, 25% of the time, not being able to do, you know, send ground units is, is really yeah. nice. Additionally, when we're getting overhead within two to three minutes on a 911 call. So That's way the,
1: better than traffic.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> when you think about the, we're capturing crimes in progress that are as later being used for prosecution. There are a lot of times we've had crimes that were, as soon as the, the defendants see the, the drone video, they plead guilty. They're like, how, how do I right. argue that this, right. th- this isn't me when right. when, when that, that happens? Plus, the officers are able to, s- to see what's happening. Joan gets overhead to say, hey, the vehicle is now northbound on Main Street, right? So now the officers can catch up to the, the vehicle and handle it in, in a way that before... They were just relying on 911 calls or whatever the original information was. So when you when you talk about reimagining police response, this is really impactful for not only police, public safety, but the community. And what's really nice is our fire departments have access to this too, where it's not just the police departments. So at Chula Vista, we would launch and our police, our fire chiefs battalion chiefs would have the video footage also. So when they're responding and it's a house fire, they already know because the camera will turn the camera on thermal. They know where the the set up to put the fire out, right? Wow. Traffic collisions, you know, they'll respond and people go, well, why do they need to know about a traffic collision? Well, if you're in a vehicle trapped in a vehicle that's overturned and it's leaking fuel, you want the fire department to know right, that, this that you're, is, inside. That you're yeah. inside and that they need to have the appropriate tools wow. when they get on, on scene. So it's really a, that's why it's called drone as a first responder and not drone as a police yeah. department.
1: So do the drones have names? Uh,
0: you know, no. Well, different agencies call them different. I, I think Beverly Hills calls theirs Hawkeye. <laughs> uh, we just called ours UAS one, two, three, 2, 3, and 4. Because okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: they're like a partner. Yeah,
0: exactly. They're- and it be, it now just becomes, it's just part of of you know, daily operations, having sure. that, that video stream. But DFR drone usage is really widespread now. It's, it's almost become, I would say, the majority of police agencies have drones now. They use them for mapping, so diagramming. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I was, I was a collision investigator where we've all been there with that, that, that horrible trif- traffic collision in an intersection, yeah. and it shut down for hours yeah. while we mapped it out and we diagrammed it and everything else. Well, now you can use a drone, fly it overhead, and within 20, 30 minutes, have a detailed 3D di- diagram, and we can open up that road much quicker wow, for the yeah. community and have a better diagram than we would ever have done it, had used before. They're using them for tactical situations. And now, you know, we have indoor drones where, you know, I'm just going to throw out, you know, Brink released a tactical indoor drone that has the ability to launch from outside, has the ability with a glass breaker to break a, break a window, make entry into a house, and it's essentially it's a flying cell phone. So you can wow. you can if you find somebody you know and it's a hostage negotiations crisis negotiator can can we can land the drone and now have a communication and deescalate that situation as opposed to sending in first responders officers through the front door and having a, a terrible situation where there's force that right. has to be used
1: so what's the basic difference with an indoor drone or an outdoor drone is it?
0: Yeah, it's very difficult for your signal penetration when you're flying the drone indoors okay. versus outdoors, because you have walls. Gotcha. And, and For and the build. controlling of yeah. the drone. So okay. uh, we just recently returned, we sent a team to Turkey with the earthquakes that it had occurred. So we, we sent a team there with some of our drones, and they were flying them into the collapsed buildings, and they would be looking for victims right. of the earthquake, and then they would land the drone, and then they. Would call out if you can hear us. Make oh, some noise wow. so that we know, you know, to, to to send some some help or where you're located at. Where these drones are are used to force them into tight locations, and they have the ability to push open doors and map out interior structures. Right. So in real time. So whether it's for tactical purposes or for search and rescue, you have a real time diagram as to what the, the circumstances that you're going into.
1: And that you know, real time leads to to speed, which leads to probably saving more people and keeping people safer in the process, and so on and so on.
0: Absolutely. So every, I'm a true believer, and and that drones save lives. They're they're used to not only keep public safety you know police and fire out of harm's way but also for the community for that de-escalation skill you know we the national message right de-escalation well when you talk about especially with DFR what is the ultimate where you get somebody overhead and we've had them I think all police agencies have it where you'll get that 911 call of somebody who's screaming at vehicles right hey this person he's crazy he's screaming at vehicles you better send officers and we've seen what happens the officers show up up a confrontation happens and then somebody you know has a a medical issue or something and there's a tragic accident a tragic situation now we can launch a drone get overhead say this person is not a danger to themselves they're not a danger to others and there's no crime occurring it's not illegal to be screaming at cars (laughs) we're not going to send officers right so when you talk about de-escalation it is the the most de-escalation that you can occur using technology when you don't even have to send officers there
1: right there's not even an interaction.
0: Correct.
1: <laughs> so, are there other technologies that are used in partnership with the drone that have really started to evolve? How you can use those have can use drones.
0: Well, you can have the best drone in the world, but if you don't have a good video, a, a good camera, uh-huh. the drone really is isn't of any use. If you, if you have a drone that can be in the air for an hour but you can't determine what somebody's holding in their hand because of the video it's not doesn't do us any good so we really want to balance the drone and the camera to make sure you know I always say in in any good drone you need three things one when you launch it that it comes back that it's (laughs) reliable right Two, that it has a decent battery 20 30 minutes and the the last part is a good camera to make sure that it it's usable other technology that for at least for drone as a first responder is this concept of live 901 live streaming 901 calls you know because When you call 911, 911, what is your emergency? Help, help, help. I need help. Okay, what is the problem? Just send police, you know, and you have this interaction, right? Right. And in the meantime, the call taker who's taking this information puts this into the computer and then it gets routed over to a dispatcher and then the dispatcher reads it and then determines who's the closest officers and then sends those officers. Well, now imagine the situation where the officer who's driving around hears help, help, help. I need help sees your location via your cell phone and knows that, oh, it's across the street, I'm there. And so so at Chula Vista, we were the first in the country in, in part of DFR to have this ability to live stream 911 calls directly to officers wow. in the field and using that for DFR because now he or she can launch a drone immediately whenever... A 911 call comes, even if he doesn't have any information on there, doesn't have to wait those two or three minutes inherent lag time. If you need help, do you want two or three minutes? You want it right now. (laughs) And it was, it was pretty interesting when we rolled out this concept of live 911, our officers would get on scene before the dispatcher even had the call. And they're like, how are the officers knowing what's happening? Because they're hearing it so fast and they're literally on scene when it happens.
1: Wow. Yeah it you know it's 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 a fascinating time to be to be in your position and and to be adopting these technologies and just to see the tremendous
0: good they're doing yeah so kind of kind of looking at the future kind of where where we're trying to go so working with the FAA the FAA has come a long ways from recognizing that drones are not 747s right they're they're not you know airplanes right, so right. They're, they're a little bit different but the FAA has now streamlined a lot of the processes for public safety to be able to use drones. Okay, where we're, where I kind of envision where where a lot a lot of people envision drones is, you know, one day we want drones just to be in a we call it drone in a box, right, in a base station by itself. And I say we put it at all the fire stations because fire stations are geographically located through all the city for response times. And a a 911 call comes in, it automatically launches a drone to start responding to it. And because, you know, if a 911 call comes in, let's just be proactive and send the drone. And if we don't need the drone, we just call it back. Yep. Return to home and it goes back and lands and then goes back to sleep. So having the autonomous ability to do that, to even make it quicker for a, a response is really kind of the goal that we're that the industry is working towards.
1: That's fantastic. Well, retired Captain Don Redmond, <laughs> you're doing much more important things than playing 18 holes. I <laughs> uh, give you a tremendous amount of credit. Thank you so much for joining us today.
0: Thank you very much for having me.
1: Before we sign off, if you've enjoyed this podcast, you can help us grow by visiting our feed on iTunes to rate, review, and subscribe. Or if you're listening on Spotify, be sure to hit follow. That's it for us. I'm Susan Campbell, and that was another episode of The Big Rethink.